It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. Dallas Estate Planning and Dallas Elder Law Attorney, Michael Cohen and I, Don Crawford Jr., the grateful co-host of this program, Estate Planning Essentials, welcome you to another episode, and I'm sitting here on the phone with my partner, my friend, my attorney, who should be your attorney, Michael Cohen. Hello, sir. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm buckling up. I, I hear the holiday footsteps. I think Thanksgiving's around the corner. I think Christmas and Hanukkah are coming, uh, New Year's, and uh, I think things are starting to get a little busier these days. What do you think? I think so, too. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I also, I, I think we should be remiss, although it just has already happened, but I uh, wish a happy Veterans Day uh, that for those who served our country, for which we are forever grateful. So um, I guess we should mention that as well. I know we're already looking forward to Thanksgiving and Christmas, et cetera, but uh, don't forget our veterans as well. Absolutely, and that's really how the, the month starts for me um, because I appreciate what those veterans do for us, have done for us, the living and the deceased, and done everything they possibly could to protect our freedoms that allows us to live still in the greatest country in the entire world no matter what the circumstances as far as I'm concerned. But then it rolls into I've got three birthdays, uh, one tomorrow, one the next day, one the following week, and then Thanksgiving. So it's getting busy. Uh, but that doesn't stop me from always considering uh, where I am as an individual and where I am financially to make certain that I am a good steward with the gifts that God has blessed me with. And uh, that's your job, too. And today you wanted to talk about the 10 reasons why someone should at least have an estate plan because that could create problems if they don't. Well, I think at least you ought to review the current estate plan. And if you don't have a current estate plan, well, the state makes one for you. Mm-hmm. So you probably don't want to go by what the state does. <laughs> right. So, so it, that, that's something you ought to consider. Yes. Uh, yeah, in fact, I was just looking at um, somebody's, uh, uh, they had the person died without a will and they inherited some property. And so then the question would be, do they want the property to go to their brother as well as their spouse? Well, that was the state plan if they didn't do anything. Okay, well, that may be their wish, but they may not have known that, and they probably didn't. So uh, the, the, the idea is to see what uh, you should do uh, given the situation. You know, from time to time, you've asked me on many times, how often should you review your state plan? And I simply say, the older you get, the more often it should be reviewed because mm-hmm. more likely the disability, et cetera. I, I think the general rule is that most people probably should review every five years. But besides that, there's the typical life cycle events that everything, everybody should, you know, kind of review things. Uh, 
and some let's say somebody a child is born or if a child gets married or somebody gets married or you get married or somebody gets divorced or somebody inherits assets or somebody uh, has died that um, that concerns your estate uh, it could be any number of things or sometimes people um, have it for other reasons but uh, but in any event, you should see, first of all, the number one thing is to see on the distributions of your assets, follow your wishes if it goes according to what you want. And right. even if it's what you wanted at one time, it may be different than another time. Yep. I can't tell you how many times um, recently we've had different things. Oh, this daughter didn't take care of me when I was ill, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to give more to the other ch- child or children, or if they didn't call, uh, maybe... Um, Maybe what I'm going to do is I'm going to give to a grandchild as opposed to a child because, for whatever reason, they didn't call me on Mother's Day. Mm. Uh, maybe it's um, <laughs> politics. Uh, you know, sometimes we say, oh, uh, um, they have a different political opinion. My children have a different political opinion, so I'm going to change who my beneficiaries. I know that may sound um, harsh to a lot of people, uh, but I'm just telling you some of the things that – uh, are actual cases that we've seen that uh, people want to change things for whatever reason. Because, you know, of course, in Texas, like most states, uh, you could give to whomever you want whenever you want. You know, it's different in other countries. So, for example, in France, you have to give to your children. They get a certain percentage. But that's not the way it is in Texas. You could do whatever you want with your money. We had somebody um, this week originally uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, they were going to give everything to their church, 100%. They hadn't talked to their two daughters in a long, long time. And then last Thanksgiving, the one daughter and son-in-law said, hey, mom and dad, you know, it's been a while. Let's get together. That was a year ago. And now, <laughs> guess what? They're now, they're, their trust is being changed where they get 75% and the church gets 25%. So, wow. uh, it, it, you know, so, it's, yeah, well, I mean, it's just that they, they decide they've rekindled their relationship. And so all the moral of the story is um, that, that things change. Yeah. Relationships change. Your money changes. Yeah. Your health changes. Yeah. Uh, people get married. People get divorced. People mm-hmm. die. People, new kids or grandkids are born. Remember, on we talked about this a long time ago. I, I don't know if it's the beginning of the year or what, uh, or maybe it was last year, about when after Kobe Bryant died, mm-hmm. his trust um, had named, he had had a child that was less than a year old. His his trust named all the different children, but didn't have the most recent one. He had right. to go to court because he didn't name the most recent one. I'm sure it was his intention that the, all the kids get an equal share. Uh, for whatever it was of his estate, the way whatever the percentage might have been, but he had to go to court. Somebody had to go to court to do what his intentions were because he didn't do something after a new child was born. So uh, you want to make sure number one is has your plan effectively distributed your assets according to your wishes, and those right. wishes could change could change from time to time. Yeah, and you know it's interesting because uh, my father, whose birthday is this month, speaking of, and is 84 years old. Um, he's got that estate plan file, Michael, the old-fashioned way, right in front of him. I mean, I think every day, sitting on his dining room table, sitting at his work desk, so that he's always reminding himself that that needs to remain current. And as you said, the older you get, the more you may, you may need to meet with your estate planner. And uh, he's certainly no exception to that rule. 
Yeah, you know, the, I don't know if you remember the old movie Avalon. Uh, I don't. <laughs> the, the the old movie Avalon, which I place I think is a place in New Jersey, but I'm not positive. Um, and, and they they were a family meeting and their family for Thanksgiving. They were all getting together, and one kid was always late for Thanksgiving, and uh, the kid that was late comes in and sees that they already cut the turkey. He said, you cut the turkey without me? And then it started a whole family rift, which the next generation <laughs> had no idea. <laughs> had no idea why they didn't. Why, why do I not talk to my cousins? You know, it's, and it all because they, they cut the turkey without me. Well, Oh, my goodness. You know, well, that's kind of like divorces a lot of times. You know, you get all the little bittiest and the smallest thing. It gets yep. blown out of proportion. So yep. people were emotional, uh, not necessarily rational, but they were at least emotional. And so is your goals today uh, still the goals that you are, same goals that you had previously? And it may right. have changed for whatever reason. And so is your plan doing exactly the way you want? Right. Of course, if you don't have a plan, then the state says, we're going to tell you how your plan goes. Right, which you, nobody wants. No, 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 I wouldn't think. I mean, some people say, oh, it doesn't matter. It all goes to me. I'm the spouse, right? Right. Well, not necessarily. Right. Remember, if you have children from a prior marriage, uh, you know, we've talked about this on the show before. They said, oh, well, I have, I'm the surviving spouse, and I'm living in the home. Uh, it's all mine, right? No, not exactly. If, if your husband, for example, had children from a prior marriage, if you don't probate the will, even if the will says everything goes to you, you have to have the court say it's good. Uh, that the will is good for it to go to you. Uh, and if you fail to do that, then you might be partners with your uh, husband's uh, kids yeah. if you don't get along. So anyway, so you have to kind of review those type of things. Remember, we just said what happens if somebody dies. So, okay, is the goal still the same? It could be that you inherited property and maybe you have a uh, more of a tax situation. Maybe that there's uh, some other planning that you may want to do. Maybe... You know, there's different types of trust you want to do. It's also remember, there's all sorts of types of trust. Uh, you know, not just revocable trust or life insurance trust or irrevocable trust for planning for protection or whatever. There's charitable remainder trust. Oh, I don't need to go through the whole laundry list, but there's a lot of different types of trust. So, is the goals that you had before, are the goals that you had before still your goals today? All right, so the next number two, as far as at least as far as distribution of your state, would be how about the provisions for your wife? Well, you could say, well, gee, I could say that all to my wife, but are you concerned that your wife, what, what's her story? Do you think that she'll remarry? I want to make sure that the kids get something. What if she remarries? And then she has a fini financial obligation under Texas law to support her new spouse or his new spouse. Uh, and they may have a lot of health issues. And so, gee, I don't want to go to some new spouse's health problems or just go to all that new spouse or a new family, which we don't even, may not even know about. I would rather things go to my children. Or maybe your spouse is, you might be concerned if you don't have long-term care insurance. Is there uh, any kind of trust in case your spouse is disabled? Do we want to plan for any kind of public benefit? So, Got to look at those, you know, how often do we see that people have just an I love you will, everything to my spouse, which may be good for certain reasons, but is it what you want for sure? Are you concerned about either creditors of the spouse? Can they take care of themselves? Uh, are they disabled? Is there a need for long-term care? Is there any kind of tax reasons? A lot of different things to consider 
on any type of beneficiary. So let's talk about the, the next one. If there's, Let's say you have children. Do you want the children to go to the children uh, outright or in some sort of trust for a longer period of time? You know, typically if you have in any, whether will or trust, you typically have a trust if a, somebody is at least a minor because a minor can't handle things. Um, I had somebody yesterday that was talking about, um, oh, a beneficiary designation, which I guess we'll get into a little bit later, uh, and they wanted things to go to the grandkids. Well, the grandkids are like five years old. <laughs> you can't have, they five-year-old can't handle money. So do you want to have things go into an underage trust? Uh, so let's say, oh, and if they're under, let's say, 25, do we want it to go to them uh, outright? Or do you want it to go for their education because they're not mature enough? They may spend the money on the red sports car, as I always say, right. which is something uh, that, as opposed to uh, doing it, being more prudent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get, so. And, and the same thing is uh, applicable. It doesn't have to be just a minor. Uh, that you have a, a trust for your children, even if they are mature. And that may be for other reasons. It could be that they have credit issues or addiction issues, or maybe there was a marital problem or you're concerned that your child's spouse may remarry, just like you could be concerned about your own spouse remarrying. Make sure things go to grandkids or, or, or whomever. So, is, have you looked at your existing documents to make sure things go the way you want? Um, then, so do you want to even include your grandchildren in your estate plan as another thing? I mean, if you have grandchildren, do you want it to go to them directly? And again, do you have an underage trust if they're too young, or do we want to protect them, or do we want things to go piecemeal at a certain age, you know, X amount at 25, X amount at 30, X amount at 35? Or maybe you're concerned about the same thing for a child, for that matter. Do you want to give them because they're, they can't handle funds, but we want them to have a certain amount of money? Or do we want to have any incentives, whether it be for education or for fi- financial reasons? Or, you know, it could be that you, you want to give some incentives, and I don't know what those incentives might be for you, but it could be uh, any number of different things that people can do. So do you have you considered a trust for grandchildren, and even if you do have a trust for grandchildren, if you have a larger state, have you considered the generation skipping transfer tax issues? So there's tax issues that could sometimes be when you skip a generation. Then you also have to incorporate um, special needs trust provisions a lot of times, because even if we don't know if somebody will be disabled now, they may be disabled since we're not God. We don't know what the condition is or people will be at the time of our death. So we usually have, even in our simplest wills and trusts, a contingent trust for a beneficiary if they should be disabled at the time of our death. This is particularly important uh, for, let's say you have a spouse um, and they don't have long-term care insurance and, uh, you know, under the Medicaid rules, you have to uh, have this by a will and not by a trust. You have to have a special needs trust uh for spouses only, it has to be done by a will. So when we, I think what he talked about last week about a bunch of different reasons for either having a will or a trust, this is one of those situations where a will would be better than a trust. It's not a right or wrong answer, but that's why, you know, you go over all these different types of things with people so that they would know what their options are 
We always say we're like Baskin Robbins. Just tell you all the different flavors. You have to choose what you like to lick. Right. <laughs> and there are many ways to lick this, um, but the safest, smartest way is to do it through Michael Cohen, in my opinion. I've done it numerous times with Michael. So many of us, so have other, many KWAM listeners, and uh, you should consider that too. The first step in that direction to, quote, test Michael out, to hear him and see him in action, is to attend his next Estate Planning Essentials workshop. And that is online via Zoom, so from the comforts of your own home, on a Tuesday afternoon. So it's Tuesday, November the 30th at 1 o'clock, and it's it's online, so it's virtual. You never have to leave your home for for this uh, workshop. And, Michael, tell everyone about the workshops. Yeah, first of all, we make it very simple. So we tell you how to do it. So even if you've never done uh, any type of workshop like this, it's just going to be a click, but we'll, t- we'll instruct you how to do it if, if you've never done anything. But all it is is just punch a button either on right. your phone or on if you have like an iPhone or whatever uh, or on uh, your laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we go over and ask people, what do you want to know? What is that's on your mind? A lot of times it's on estate planning questions. This last workshop earlier in November, uh, uh, there were questions about, do I need a will? Do I need a trust? Tell me how it works through probate. Tell me about these Medicaid issues. A lot of the questions were about Medicaid for long-term care and Medicaid estate recovery and ladybird deeds. And a lot of different uh, things were discussed at the last workshop. And so it's not just, you know, what you might consider traditional estate planning. A lot of times it's about uh, public benefits planning. And so we ask people, what do you want to know? And then in that two hours, we have a small presentation. We ask people what they want to know, and we answer everybody's questions. Uh, and then uh, if you do go to that two-hour free estate planning essentials workshop, then we actually even give you a free vision meeting to go over your situation even more detail in private if you would like. That's an option, not an obligation. So okay. you basically get three free hours of estate planning or public benefits planning education without any obligation at all. It could be from the comforts of your own home by just uh, calling our telephone number at 214-720-0102 or signing up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's Dallas Elder lawyer.com or calling that 214-720-0102 number. I think you'll find it uh, very educational. I think you're going to have some fun too. I think it's being nice. I know they will and they should attend that and it's so easy to do so. So sign up today and then um, uh, you'll really enjoy that uh, two-hour workshop for certain. Michael, um, we've got 10 minutes left. There's about, there's 10 total um, reasons to review your state plan. Is one of them uh, government legislation, the Build Back Better, Build Back Worse plan, um, infrastructure bills, all those things also to consider? Well, I think that's something that people should always consider new laws. Things are going to always think there's one thing about government, things always change. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like parties, parties in power change, uh, so do laws change. So mm-hmm. it could be, for example, um, you know, on the proposal. A lot of the different there was a lot of different proposals regarding tax law changes, uh, but it looks like none of those things are going to happen. By the way, those mm-hmm. are off the table. It looks like, uh, okay. but other things like um, home health care or you know there's a lot of what, what's called waiver programs. We know like on long term care Medicaid, uh, there's a program where 
somebody comes to the house maybe 35 or 40 hours a week called Star Plus here in Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, But right now there's 24 to 25,000 on the wait list. So for care at home, uh, there's this long wait uh, if you need, you know, a lot of care. Uh, one of the proposals from the second part of that plan that, you know, we don't know if it will pass or not, is to expand Medicaid to help those uh, and have less of a wait list. Employ more people, more government, basically, uh, to have people taking care of at home. We'll have to see. And so for some people, we talk about that and say, what does that mean to you, if especially you're, uh, you're older or the beginnings of dementia or whatever, and you want to stay at home? Uh, so, okay, so should we be putting you on a wait list now if there's no obligation, no financial? So the answer is yes, of course. Right. We have to talk about it. Usually we talk about, you know, a lot of times a tax law. So, for example, or other laws, like last year, we had the uh, SECURE Act in 2020 at the end of the Trump administration where they had uh, uh, on IRA beneficiaries, it used to be that you could stretch things over the life expectancy uh, of the beneficiary. Uh, they changed those rules where there's only five groups that can now um, – Get a still get a stretch where the money could go tax deferred. Your spouse, if you have a child who's a minor, uh, somebody that's less than 10 years of age, or if the person's disabled or chronically ill. Well, this gets into beneficiary designations. And a lot of times, let's say you had an IRA went into a, a trust because you wanted to protect your children from uh, a remarriage. Their, their spouse might remarry. You want to make sure things go to the grandkids. And you named your IRA beneficiary designation to that trust that. Originally, you could stretch out over life expectancy, but now it has to be paid out within 10 years. Well, a trust tax rate, the an irrevocable trust tax rate, is generally on income that exceeds a little bit over $13,000 a year. Um, it's going to be taxed at a, at least a 37% tax rate. So we say, oh, shoot, now what we did before, that may be too high of a tax. Is it more important for the protection or is it more important for less taxes? Maybe what we'll do is if one child is disabled, well, we could still stretch out for the disabled child. So we have language where there would not be any potential loss for public benefits, yet have the money go into this trust, a special needs trust, Hmm. so they don't lose their public benefits and not be taxed. Uh, or if uh, the, the tax would go to the uh, to that trust, but you could stretch it out over a longer period of time. It's generally more beneficial. So yes, the laws change and it makes mm-hmm. a difference. And so that's why it is important to review those, uh, whatever those law changes may be. Okay. Yeah. So that means also that's one of the things that uh, the appropriate titling and retitling of the beneficiary designations uh, is an important thing to look at. So you're actually ahead of me on that, and that's one of the things I would have discussed. Okay. Um, so. Uh, and, and also, I should mention, too, uh, retitling of assets. If you have a trust, a lot of times people, let's say you inherited something. Do you want to put, the, have you put that inherited asset in a trust, and do you want to? Or do you have a, if you say, oh, I have too many accounts, and I want to have uh, the, uh, my assets go according to my trust. Uh, sometimes people just have beneficiary designations because they said, I got too much, too much work to retitle. When you have a revocable trust, the biggest mistake that most people make is failing to retitle the assets. So if you don't change the name of the accounts, other than, let's say, an IRA, because that would be a taxable event, that if you didn't change the ownership to be the trust, then you may end up having to go through probate, unless you had a beneficiary designation. So 
So sometimes people on their bank accounts, they paid on death to trust. So uh, so we have to look at all beneficiary designations, and the retitling is a, another thing to consider. Uh, so, so I'm kind of glad you brought that up because uh, now with the, with the beneficiary designation, particularly of retirement accounts with the law that changed last year, it's almost two years now, uh, that uh, then it may be that we may change things because the tax reasons have made it more of a uh, an income tax that some people would say, well, it's more important to me now to have less taxes than protection. You've brought up a number of times uh, over the years with me, the Lady Bird deed and the beneficiary designation, and thank God you educated me on those, and uh, I love the Lady Bird deed, I love the beneficiary, uh, and I have one of those as well. Um, just to be safe so that if I pass my wife, Sarah, I uh, get exactly what I want her to get and no one else interfere with that. So thankfully that's yeah. in place. Thanks to you. Well, I'm going to tell you another one just that I had yesterday, uh, just because you mentioned that originally somebody, um, a parent had done a deed, uh, said to the three children, uh, lady birdie, which is an enhanced life estate deed that says, okay, I avoid probate. It just goes directly to whoever you name. Mm-hmm. You're still in control during your life. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to do a mortgage, you know, get a home equity loan or whatever, it wouldn't matter because you still are able to do the loan or sell the property or whatever. Well, in this case, one of the three children had become disabled. Remember, I told you when things happen in life, you have to review your current estate plan. Right. Well, they're on Medicaid. Well, if they inherit that property, their one-third interest in this case, then it would jeopardize their Medicaid. Yeah. I said, well, let's look at your financial. And now parent has lost mental capacity. I said, well, let's look at your financial power of attorney. Oh, it was done by some regular, some statutory one by somebody else. Mm-hmm. I, I say that uh, because from the elder law attorney's perspective, it's a lot different than the typical state planning attorney's perspective. Because in this case, I said, okay, let's look at the power of attorney. Does it give us the ability to create a trust? Why would that be important? Because if we had the ability, if the agent had the ability to create a trust, then we could say the deed goes into a trust, let's say a revocable trust, and have a special needs trust within the trust. So therefore, that the it still goes a third, a third, a third, uh, and then the one third that goes to the disabled child would not that wouldn't jeopardize their public benefits. But it didn't have that. It was just a standard form. But so probably 90% of the ones that we see. This is again why we say, have you reviewed your current plan? Uh, has the um, and, and so you say, well, gee, no, they don't. They didn't have that. Does it have the ability to do a Lady Bird deed? Does it have the ability to? Because does it have the ability to do gifting? I mean, it goes into a lot of different types of issues. By the way, so uh, what you could do with this good thing about Lady Bird deed is you could always change your mind. So if the power of attorney is the original power of attorney is recorded, so you better find the original power of attorney. Perhaps we do it to somebody else so that the person doesn't get the public benefits. And maybe those other children, if they're still alive, can create a trust for the benefit of their sister. And well, that's the beauty of the Lady Bird deeds, for sure, and that is you can change your mind. And that's the theme of the whole program today, and that is change because it's abound, it's constant, it never ends. And that's why you should be reviewing your estate plan Often, at least once or twice a year, no matter how old or young you are, uh, the first step in that direction to ask a question about your estate is to attend Michael's next workshop, which is Tuesday, November the 30th at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's online, so you never have to leave your home, and you can just buy a Zoom, Zoom in. You don't have to be seen. You can just listen, ask a question, and uh, you'll be that much more enlightened and educated. To sign up, dial 214 
720-102-1102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, and uh, attend that next workshop. There are many more reasons why you have to have your state plan reviewed, and Michael can answer them for you if you have questions about it on that uh, during that next workshop on Tuesday, November 30th. Michael Cohen, we thank you for your time today, sir. Thank you, Don. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.